The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. All right, Craig, thank you. It's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. We're going to spend the rest of the show talking about education from three different angles with multiple perspectives. In about an hour, we have the president of Cuesta College, Dr. Jill Stearns, and Patrick Mullen from the Board of Trustees coming in just to talk about what's happening at Cuesta and what's happening with community colleges in California. At 6.05, former president of the Paso Robles School Board, Chris Aaron, is going to make his argument about critical race theory. Uh, this hour... Um, I watched uh, the Bill Maher show a couple months ago, and Pepper Daniels, our ACE programming director, saw the same show, and it featured an interview with author Richard Reeves. He wrote the book of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why it Matters, and What to Do About It. And Pepper and I agreed that this would make a good segment. I said, I only do this if I can have Bob Cam as my guest. And the stars have aligned, and Bob Cam, author, poet, leadership consultant, all-around thoughtful man, is in the studio with me. Bob, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Nice to see you. Always a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you. And you actually took the time to get the book and read the book. I got the book on Sunday, <laughs> and I've I've done my best to get through it. Pretty, yeah. yeah, it's not the deepest read I I would have preferred to do, given that we you know we had a time crunch. But yes, I've read the book. What's your general impression? Well, um, I think it's an important book. Um, whether or not I'm right about that will remain to be seen because um, what determines important? Well, if people in the field of child development, of men's studies, of education, of uh, policy, uh, if they think it's an important book, then it really will be an important book. Um, I do think um, we want to give your listeners a little bit of context. Um, this is a book about um, policy. Uh, Richard Reeves is a self-identified policy wonk. Yeah. Right? Um, he is also the father of three sons, which, which is one of the reasons I think he says why, why he was drawn into this. Um, he is a, uh, an important voice in the Brookings Institute, so he does a lot of research. So this is not necessarily an easy read for somebody who's looking for It's not for parenting guidance, that kind of thing. It, this is an, a really compelling read for people who are interested in sort of the outside-in fix. What do we change in our culture? What do we change in our politics and in our policies that might help us um, have a more equitable society in terms of the opportunities and the achievements of both men and women? Do you accept his premise, the premise what I took away from my understanding of the book, is that the modern male is in trouble, what Reeves calls a male malaise. Um, you know, the big generalizations like this usually give me hives. Um, but there's, there's, he certainly backs up his argument, but, but we, we should point out that he's, he is targeting mostly um, boys and men who are either um, um, people of color or in the lower class in our country. So uh, some of what we say during this conversation, people might be listening and, you know, San Luis Obispo County is largely a very, you know, affluent, 
middle or upper middle class community, a lot of people might be saying, well, you know, that, that, that doesn't ring true for me. Right. Okay, although in my own experience as a single dad back in the 70s, as a stepdad and as a married dad and as a grandpa, uh, a lot of what he says does ring true. And you know the first book I published was called The Superman Syndrome, and that was not about people of color and people in you know the working class. That was very much about middle class, upper upper class white people. All right, here's uh, a key point I pulled from Reeves. Historically, the the system, whatever yeah. we want to call the system, historically the system favored boys. Women were held back. They were right. relegated to being ter- uh, uh, nurses, teachers, mm-hmm. or secretaries. Mm-hmm. Once the playing field leveled over time and girls were given a chance to shine, they shone. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and to some degree, boys or young men are now in the shadow of the accomplishing uh, girls and young women. And I think a really great... Uh, fact that he shares that kind of emphasizes that is that at the 16 top law schools in the country, 16 top law schools in the country, they all have law reviews, right? That's right. You know, We've all heard of the Harvard Law Review. Yep. The editor-in-chief at every one of the 16 now is a young woman. Mm. That is a huge shift. 50 years ago, there wouldn't have been any. None. None. I mean, we heard uh, Barack Obama was the editor of the Harvard Law Review when he was there. Okay, but today it's a woman, right? Uh, More women than men are going to college. More women than men are actually are graduating high school. Young women are outpacing young men in graduation, and more young women are going to college and graduating. Because, as my understand Reeves, he argues that our current education system suits girls better than it does boys. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> this is a really interesting point to me, and, and, and for me, maybe the most compelling point about the whole book. Mm-hmm. When I was young, when you were young, it, uh, you may have heard this, I certainly did, it was a conventional wisdom that young girls, school-age girls, elementary school-age girls, matured faster than we boys. Okay, that, yes. was, that was widely accepted. Yes. But it was a perception in search of um, facts, Right. So now one of the pieces of research that we have that is very compelling is through brain scans. We now know that boys brains develop more slowly than girls. And this is significant. The the frontal lobes, which are, you know, kind of the executive aspect of the brain, are about two years behind in boys compared to girls in at a young age. And. The cerebellum, which is the back part of the brain that has a lot to do with cognition and self-regulation, you know, being what we would normally think of as mature, more calm, more focused, that sort of thing, matures in girls around the age of 11. It's, it reaches its full size, and in boys, hold on to your hat, 15. That's mm. a four-year gap, mm. okay? So th- these fa- this set of facts alone about the brain development is uh, the beginning, maybe not the end, but the beginning of a very compelling argument that we should take a totally fresh look at our educational system in terms of these actual maturing 
physiological differences. And Reeves takes, uh, continues that in arguing in terms of basic skills, the difference between girls and boys in school. Right. Um, boys have trouble paying attention, sitting still, right. getting their homework in on time, and even looking ahead to the future and doing any kind of future planning. Right. Also true. So, you know, and he and one thing I really give him, first of all, I got to take a step back. I think the guy has a lot of guts in writing this book. This is a very controversial area to wade into when uh, he is a Ph.D., um, but he is not a, a recognized expert in the field of child development or human development. So it took a lot of guts. Uh, he is a very, very good researcher, and that's, that's really his strength, I think, and that he can translate it into you know, readability. So um, <sighs> I, got, I just went off there, and I, what was your last statement? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and regroup. Bob Cam is here. Uh, we're talking about a relatively new book that's out by Richard Reeves. It's called Of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why It Matters, and What to Do About It. There's a lot to cover. We'll try to do our best. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. Always good to be in conversation with Bob Kim, author, poet, leadership consultant. Do you still have a website, by the way? I should have asked you that sooner. Um, I do. It's bobcam.com. But, um, K-A-M-M? I, yes. I don't use it a lot anymore. I mostly just uh, I have Facebook. I have Bob Cam. You're too busy hiking. Uh, yeah. I'm climbing the mountain. And I have YouTube, Bob Cam, and I have uh, Facebook, Bob Cam Creative. So just Google. Google Bob King. Google me. <laughs> All right. Uh, the book is A Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why it Matters, and What to Do About it. The author is Richard Reeves. Pretty sharp guy, but as, and I agree with Bob, it takes a lot of guts for Richard to put this on paper, uh, talking about the so-called male malaise. Though I'm, I'm quick to point out, Bob, as we're back with you, Reeves makes it clear, helping one sex also helps the other. Well, that should be... Self-evident, I think. But unfortunately, we have a way of thinking categorically. And I don't know if that's a weakness in our species or it's our culture, but we tend to do that. So let's, let's think about this. So uh, women have had a movement for decades now, usually referred to as you know women's lib or the feminist movement, and it has borne a lot of fruit uh, for them. Uh, one, of the, one example of this, I think, is that Melinda uh, French Gates's foundation yes. has donated $1 billion to recruit more young women and girls into what they call the STEM uh, disciplines, so science, technology, engineering, and math. Those are the areas in which traditionally boys and young men tended to excel, and the technology fields in general tended to be, until more recently, tended to be dominated by men. Right. So she is committed. She's a billion dollars to recruit young women. There is no equivalent effort to recruit young men into what Reeves in his book calls HEAL, which is to get young men into health, education, administration, and language arts. Okay? And he's He's calling for us to do this as a, a, a private-public partnership to get more men, uh, for example, into the classroom teaching our young boys and girls. 
because the classroom generally in elementary school, you have to get to college before it's dominated by men. In elementary school and high school, the teaching is dominated by women. As Reeves points out, male teachers are leaving the classroom, particularly in the elementary education right. field. Right. So uh, a pers- point of personal privilege. When, when my son was young, um, and I was a single dad, I loved going to um, preschool and then early elementary uh, when he was in Montessori school. I just loved doing it. And at one point, I went back to school. I was going to uh, Antioch West in Santa Barbara at night, and I was going to get my teaching credentials because I just loved being with kids. Well, guess what I discovered? The obvious, which is that there wasn't much money to be made. And while I, I wouldn't say that I was totally driven by money, when I really looked at the contrast between what I could make as a preschool or early elementary teacher compared to what I could make in almost any other field, there was just no comparison. So one of the things that has to happen, and he doesn't directly address this, but I feel this strongly, I think teachers are dramatically undervalued and underpaid. I'm talking about primary and secondary. So I think that's something that communities need to look at real hard. Reeves pushes the argument that education needs needs to be male-friendly. Right, right. And generally because... It's just not. And one of the reasons it's not is because we have boys and girls entering the school system about the same age when we already know now, factually, from brain scans, that the girls are well advanced in terms of their brain development ahead of the boys. So one of his recommendations, he calls it redshirting, using the sports term, one of his recommendations is that we hold boys back at least a year before we get them into primary education. And yes, that raises the question of, oh, that's one more year that parents have to worry about child care, but he, he has a proposal to cover that as well. Um, what do you think of that idea? Well, I think it makes sense. Uh, a parent could do it now if they want to. They can do it voluntarily. And if it became uh, a generally accepted policy, a parent could go the other way if they wanted to, if they thought that their kid was mature enough and, you know, focused enough to sit in a classroom at the age of six or seven, then they could they could do that. I think it's something really worth considering. Hmm. Uh, in the book, he also argues that in, in, at the elementary level, well, actually K through 12, we need more recess, more physical education right. focus. Right. So now, you know, in, in our county, this, this might be a non-starter because people might be going, well, no, we have phys ed. But in a lot of school districts around the country, phys ed has been cut back dramatically. Uh, vocational uh, classes such as, you know, shop, uh, early introductions to engineering, that, that kind of thing, auto mechanics, a lot of that has been cut back. So here's the thing that I put together with some of my past study, which is that boys, young boys, and, and I would say boys all the way up to the age of 18, are much more likely to be kinesthetic learners, and girls are not. Okay, kinesthetic meaning that they have to move, that they have energy, yes, and they have to move. Okay, so and and it's one of the reasons that boys have a hard time sitting still and end up getting, in many cases, I think, inappropriately diagnosed as having ADD. One fourth of boys, one fourth, one in four boys yes. are diagnosed for some kind of developmental disability. Well, see, now this this brings up the question of the wider context of the conversation. Um, we have to ask ourselves, uh, is, are those diagnostic statistics, are they really accurate? 
because they have become uh, trendy or fashionable over the last 20, 30 years uh, for teachers or parents who have a hard time dealing with the energy of young boys. It's, a, it's an easy fix to go to the doctor and get ADD meds, right? And uh, there are plenty of people in the field of child development who think that we are overdosing, overprescribing, that sort of thing. And I think what Reeves is calling us to take a better look at is what's the true nature of a young boy, six, seven, eight, ten years old? And energetic is certainly one of the adjectives that we would put there, right? And there may be, a, he doesn't go into this, but there may well be an evolutionary reason for girls being maturing more quickly because in prehistoric times they were probably having babies at a fairly young age, and young boys becoming young men needed to have a lot of energy to go on the hunt or gather. Mm. You know, the, he doesn't go into that, but it's something that I thought about. That One of the articles I saw talks about in Japan, for example, they are adamant daily having the boys uh, throughout the day go, come out and run around the school building right. and exercise. Right. 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 Well, I did it when I was a kid. Um, when my son Ben was uh, small, you know, we used to go to Montana de Oro five or six times a week. So we were burning up a lot of physical calories, right? And so rather than um, pathologize what might well be natural, we need to pay attention to it and maybe adjust our behavior a little bit with it. All right. We are in conversation with Bob Camp talking about a relatively new book. Uh, we, sh we urge you to check it out. It's by Richard Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S. It's called Of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why it Matters, and What to Do About It. Addressing the concern over what is being called male malaise. Off we go. We've got California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. We will continue our conversation with Mr. Cam. A lot more to cover. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. Where we are continuing our focus on education, meaning that during the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Dr. Jill Stearns at President of Cuesta College and Patrick Mullen from the Board of Trustees at Cuesta. Plenty to talk about there. This hour, Bob Cam is here. Uh, he volunteered to read the book by Richard Reeves called Of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why it Matters, and What to Do About It. This is called Male Malaise. And basically, we have been talking about how historically the quote-unquote system has favored boys. But once we opened up the opportunity and allowed girls, they began to shine. And now boys are falling behind, as Bob has been pulling out stats from the book. We have also been talking about the fact that uh, traditionally the response for the boys has been to load them up on meds. And, Craig, I want to bring you into the conversation because you were sharing with us a story about your son, if you don't mind talking about it. Yeah. In fact, uh, he lived down in Orange County with his mom, and I was down there. I moved up here, and he ended up moving up here with me. And the entire time they were constantly, we were all having constant problems with him and outbursts and uh, just People constantly say, and I'm talking medical professionals who are saying, oh, he's got ADD, ADHD, he's on this spectrum of this and that, mm -hmm. and I just didn't buy it. I'm like, he's a young boy, 
And all these people who are talking very calmly, they're speaking like this, and they're saying, oh, this energy, you know, it's, it's causing problems. No, it's not. It's, you don't know how to use it. And, and I had thought of it as, as a fountain. Basically, the idea of if there's a space that fills up with water, you don't build a dam, you create a fountain. You make something useful out of it. And so what I did was I just found every single outlet for him to compete because I noticed he had a natural competitive nature. Uh-huh. So everything I turned into a competition and found physical things for him to do uh-huh. and – Miraculous! What do you know? He doesn't all of a sudden have ADHD right. and all that stuff, right. and he's he's in regular classes again, and he's doing great because we found a way to work with what he had, which was high energy. Bob, well, it's not a problem; it's not a curse. Craig's got high energy too. Bob. Oh yeah, that's I, me. I, I think you used the we there. I think um, you deserve a lot of credit as a dad that you were attuned to him. And that you didn't uh, necessarily buy this this pathologizing, this diagnosis of him. How old was he when they wanted to put him on meds? Uh, seven. Yeah. Well, they started the conversation started at seven. And even some people said, well, if you don't want to do meds, what about these things called nibs? And uh, they got lots of caffeine. And with kids with ADHD, they help him out. I'm like, no, yeah. no, I'm not going to buy yeah. that garbage. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, Big Pharma has given us many... Uh, wonderful things. So this is not about bashing Big Pharma. No. But we've got to be careful of becoming a culture in which we think the solution to everything is to pop a pill in our mouth. Yeah. Right. So what about Chicago? Oh, yeah. So this is a very interesting, just to make a right turn here. On, on page seven in this book, there's a paragraph that says this. Take Chicago, where students from the most affluent neighborhoods are much more likely to have an A or B average in ninth grade, 47%, compared to those from the poorest, 32%. So we've got a 15% gap, right? This is between affluence and then poorer neighborhoods. That is a big class gap, which given that Chicago is the most segregated big city in the country, means a big race gap too. But strikingly, and this is what's really critical, I think, the difference in the proportion of girls versus boys getting high grades is the same, 47 to 32%. So if you're wondering whether grades in the first year of high school matter much, they do strongly predicting later, later educational outcomes. So he almost hmm. cuts back across his own argument here very early in the book because he starts out really by telling us that, you know, there's that word about malaise which is a big word that Jimmy Carter got lambasted yep. for back yep. in the day. Yep. You know, anybody's old enough to remember that. I think it's an overgeneralization. He's saying it's, you know, race and working class is suffering more. And that, that is to be expected. That is to be expected. That's just common sense. But in these statistics, he's telling us that it almost it doesn't matter. Uh, girls are still excelling far beyond boys. So we have to ask ourselves, and this is what his book is about, is why is this happening? You know, and what do we do about it? Alan's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Alan. Yeah, hi, Dave. Hi, Bob. Hi. hi. The first comment relates to the, uh, the, the author's uh, courage. It is because if you are way up there in the academic um, stratosphere, yeah. you have to deal with if you dare to <clears throat> challenge... Right. The status quo, oh, there goes the grant money, there goes your reputation, there right. goes your job. Right. That's one reason things don't get challenged enough is because of the threat 
of being ignored or, are you, are you an act- losing grant money he's or, a tutor. or oh, not oh, being... He's a tutor. Okay, so uh, you, you know of what you speak. I, well, I, at least I'm good at pretending. I actually have artificial <laughs> intelligence, and this is what you're going to get. Okay. <laughs> All right. Was there a so, second point? Yes. So the deal is, yes, we do need to look at revising the educational system. So one of the old school ways was to have boys and girls in different classes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking in terms of, it can be different topics or different learning styles. We needed to have a greater variety of teaching methods mm-hmm. because people do learn. I have students that are more auditory learning and some are visual right. learners. Right. And we don't do enough of that. We spend a lot of money, but it ends up in bureaucracy, not in teaching, right. and I'd like to see that money, like you mentioned, about getting better money for teachers, because they, right. they right. deserve it. Yeah, but the question here is whether or not we get male teachers back in the classroom. Right. And that's going to be... That, I want a, to see a, a good balance that way. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take some time. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, Alan, of uh, I would like to reframe your suggestion into a question, which would be, would it make sense... Uh, to have some classes within a given elementary or high, junior high high school, some classes that are for boys and some classes for girls, but not have the whole school divided that way because I think socially it could have a, a very negative impact in the long run. So, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Okay. And some of that you mentioned about, say, doing more PE. One of the other ways to do that uh, kinesthetic thing is right. building things, projects, right. where you're, right. uh, even at the elementary school, right. doing kinds of different projects. Excellent. Alan, thank you. Thank you. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, I agree. As I said, I had ADD growing up, but was always active and do construction. But now that I'm 30, I'm finally getting the medication I needed to help me, and I wish I would have had it sooner. Well, you know, again, there are people who who uh, probably could have been helped. Uh, but it should be said, without going down a rabbit hole here, it should be said that if you look for uh, longevity research in the use of ADD with young people, you're probably not going to find it. And it's a little scary to me to be medicating kids who are six, seven, eight years old you know, when their brains are still in the early stages of development. That, that frankly scares me. Bob Cam on this uh, broadcast talking about the new book by Richard Reeves. If you want in on the conversation, feel free to join us, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Reeves argues for uh, solutions. We've talked about a couple of these Um more male teachers in elementary, more PE. I think it's important, more vocational education opportunities. Too many um, men and women, but particularly men, are being sent off to a four-year college degree when they'd be just as good as at Cuesta getting some kind of vocational certificate. Or a two-year degree and finding out whether or not they really want to go on, whether or not they're cut, cut out for the academic world, you know. Because the last two years in college obviously going to be more challenging than the first two. So, and, and Reeves also does talk about uh, income differentials, but I did the math. And when you break it down, the, the difference between high school grads versus four-year college degree grads in terms of lifetime income actually only worked out to about $330 a month. Now, to some people, that's a lot of money. But in the great scheme of things, it's not as much as a lot of us might have thought. Gee, I'll mm-hmm. get a four-year college degree. Now, you start to get MBAs and, you know, and PhDs, you're looking at a difference. But um, a person can have a very good life if they're smart in a different way 
than the academics. And for that, without getting into it, because I know we have limited time, I would refer people to Howard Gardner's work on multiple intelligences, because he is at Harvard, and he, this is his life's work. He's identified uh, no fewer than 10 discrete kinds of intelligence. And what we call IQ is only one of them. Hmm. Okay, uh, And it is one in which uh, men will tend to traditionally have excelled, but we haven't been so good at EQ or um, interpersonal and intrapersonal intelligence, which is where girls tend to do better. Other recommendations that Reeves throws out there. What about paid leave for dads? Yeah, that's a really, really great point. So he is a re- he's got a really interesting recommendation. He goes all the way out on a limb, and then he starts to saw himself off. It takes courage. He's <laughs> saying we ought to have six months of paid leave available for both men and women, but it shouldn't be required to take it all right around the birth of a child. We should be able to distribute it all the way up to the age of 18 for both men and women. Now, as far out as this may sound, Dave, I have a young client. He's just turned 30, just got a job with a major consulting firm. And um, I looked at the benefits that they offer. Well, nobody's doing six months, but this company is offering six weeks of paid leave for both mothers and fathers. And they are a very, very successful, world-class, international consulting firm. So the argument that a lot of people might make, which is that 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 would just bust you, you know, to offer that kind of benefit, it really doesn't hold water. And people are much more loyal. Those companies have lower turnover. And they have, uh, let's just say, a higher level of dedication of the workers. Heck, five years ago, people were saying if we raise the minimum wage to $15, that would be the end. Yeah. Now $15 isn't enough. Well, uh, especially yeah. with inflation continuing to move. Right? Other thing Reeves calls for, more equity in child support. Right. What does that have to do with the development of boys? Well, because when we get to divorce court, and by the way, like 40 to 50% of first marriages are still ending in divorce 60 to 70% second marriages. The question is, what's dad's role now? And how much time does he get to be with the kids? So the conventional wisdom of the past was that the mother mattered more, and that is shifting. So um, uh, custody situations are now being more equitably negotiated, and I think will continue to advance so that dads have... Uh, greater opportunity to be with their kids, and that the the idea of support doesn't come become so burdensome. There's, you know, like 115 billion dollars of unpaid child support in this country because it, it, it's too much. People can't afford to pay it. Bob Cam on this broadcast talking about the new book by Richard Reeves of Boys and Men: Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why It Matters, and What to Do About It. We'll come back for a final segment right here on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right, let's take some more phone calls for Bob Kim. We go to Steve in Avila. Hi, Steve. Hey, Dave. Good Thanks, to Steve. hear your voice, and Thank I you. love your guest. Thank Hi, you. Steve. I, I'm fascinated with this conversation, and I kind of want to direct it back to what Craig was saying, because I, I think he hit the nail on the head about taking that male energy and directing it. Right. You know, good coaches, good mentors. And Dave, you know my history. 30 years ago, went through alcoholism and addiction. And and later on, I was able to get clean and sober and spoke and do speak in a lot of prisons, halfway houses, 
juvenile detention facilities to mm-hmm. young men. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I heard a great speaker, uh, I can't take credit for this, but he talked about it. And he said, current culture for young men, whether it be movies, TV, music, it is helping these young men confuse the trait of maleness mm-hmm. with being a man. Yeah. And and he explained it to me saying that, you know, maleness these are just traits that young men get. It's we we get them. They're, right. It's territorial, aggression, talking about that energy, hunter gatherer. Mm-hmm. But if you don't add the element and the understanding of the value of mentors, coaches that that teach character, integrity, give you a compass to serve others, just the trait of maleness can visit, you know, harm on people. And and I think Craig hit it on the, you, you've got to channel that trait of maleness and, and turn it into service to others. I, I, I think it's a big thing. Well, I uh, really like what you're saying, Steve, and uh, actually it goes to a book recommendation that I have, and this may be the person you heard speak. So uh, two of the best books, I think, for uh, dads and coaches are uh, in this order, Season of Life by Jeffrey Marks, M-A-R-X, and Joe Ehrman's book, Inside Out Coaching. Now, the first one, Season of Life, is actually about Joe Ehrman, and the second one is by him. And this is a guy who was an all-pro lineman for the Baltimore Colts, who readily uh, acknowledges that the, the idea of manhood that he was given uh, in growing up was false that it was based on sexual conquest, physical aggression, uh, material acquisition. And he has a wonderful TED Talk, I think it goes back to 2013, where he says three of the most dangerous words in, in our language is, are, be a man, mm. right? Man. So mm. absolutely, uh, you know, agree with what you're saying. Steve, what else from you? Well, I, I, I got to laugh, but I remember when I, my life came crashing down 30 years ago, and it was very comfortable to sit with women. They were very sensitive to my, oh, your life came crashing down and mm. alcoholism. But I finally had to get up and move and sit with a good group of men right. who said, what the heck are you going to do? Get up mm-hmm. and get moving and let's do something. Mm-hmm. And so it really defined the difference in a broad way between men and women for me during that period. Right. Steve, thank you very much for calling in. Appreciate the conversation. Jim is in Los Osos on KVEC. Hi, Jim. Hi, you guys. Hi. Um, hey, Jim. One of the things I'd like to say is salaries. Just last week in the Tribune, the average salary for teachers in the state of California is $86,000 a year. And the average salary in San Luis Coastal is 88000 And the highest paid school districts in the South Bay Area, $156,000 a year. I don't know why people say you don't get paid as a teacher. You only work 180 days. Okay. I get it. And Jim's a professor. Okay. Yes, professor. Okay, so that's California, that's our school district, that's the Bay Area, but there are a lot of parts of the country where those numbers would not be, the numbers wouldn't even be close to that. 
That's okay. correct, and that's true for engineering salaries, too. They're higher in the East Coast, they're higher on the West Coast, cost of living is higher. Right. You go to the Midwest, they don't get paid as much either. Yeah, but Jim, what about the central issue about the way we're raising boys right now? Well, yeah, that's a real problem. I have, I, you know, I raised two boys myself, and yeah, it's a problem. But, you know, I, w- I want to get back to schools being hostile to women in the 50s. That's just not true. And this problem of men is at least 25 years old. And when I was at the statewide Senate 15 years ago, I stood up and I go, boys are in big trouble. You need to do something about it. How many, I, how I, many women were in your Ph.D. program? In my Ph.D. program? Yeah, when you were there getting... There was two. All right. There was 18 men. Yeah, well... Well, I think I think I I would question your use of the word hostile, even though I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure that it's the most helpful term in terms of trying to understand where we're coming from in the 50s or 60s and where we are now. Although I I, I take your point, but I'm just that you know, uh, let's just say disadvantage maybe would be. Uh, for me, would be a better choice. The of playing words. field wasn't level. It wasn't. It That's wasn't it. level. Yeah. I started kindergarten in 1955. I went to sixth grade in elementary school, and I still remember the two number one students, Diane Radicello and Gretchen <laughs> Staffer. And what happened? Women, to this <laughs> idea that men were just. And running over women in school, or they were led to do that, is not in my life's experience. No, well, again, again, the way you're characterizing it, your yeah. language, running over them, no, I don't think that's, that's not what Richard Reeves is saying in his book. That's certainly not what I'm saying. We'll assign Jim to read the book. Jim, thanks for calling <laughs> in. We've got a couple minutes left. What was left out of the book? What do you wish Reeves would have addressed that he didn't? Well, I don't really wish that he had addressed anything else because this book is so dense in terms of information. But I think it's important for people who are listening to understand that this is a book you want to read if you're interested in policy. Okay, And if you're interested, uh, to some degree, what Jim was referring to is the history of the last uh, 30 to 50 years. But if you're looking for guidance in parenting, uh, this, this book wouldn't be that helpful. I would recommend, uh, well, I'd re- I, if you have uh, boys in particular, I would recommend, above all, Season of Life, Joe Ehrman's book, uh, Inside Out Coaching, which talks about what Steve was talking about, being raising boys to be of service to others. Do you think anything is going to change? Yeah, yeah. I think it is changing gradually. That's the way change comes in our culture. Changing meaning, are we going to respond in the way we're raising our boys? Are we going to make changes in terms of more male teachers in elementary, more vocational education emphasis, more PE? Um, Let's just say I'm cautiously hopeful, but I think it takes books like this and discussions like this to make it top of the mind conscious so that people will will cast votes with that sort of thing in mind. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, why was this not a problem until now? Oh, it has been a problem. I think even, even Jim just said that. I mean, I wrote the Superman syndrome in, in the late 90s. It came out in 2000. You know, so we have had, we have had challenges in the culture uh, in terms of our idea of manhood. We've had challenges... Since the inception of the country. So the problem has been there. It's taken authors like Richard Reeves to put the spotlight on it. Right. And, and again, this is a really important point that he makes is that uh, women have had a movement. There's been discussion about the men's movement going back to Robert Bly and stuff like that. But it wasn't the same kind of movement.
Okay, Richard Reeves is calling for a movement that is social, economic, and political. Hmm. Uh, the book is A Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why It Matters, and What to Do About It. We thank Bob Camp for coming in and talking about it. i got about 30 seconds for a final thought, sir. Well, okay. So here's the thing that I don't think we want to lose in, in, in the uh, hurly-burly of this conversation, is that uh, our children are so precious. They are so precious. And I was a single dad long before it was a thing. Back in 1979 is when I got custody of my son, who is now 48. Uh, so in all this conversation, in the, the, the sociology of it, the economics of it, the politics of it, let's not lose sight of the fact that our children are precious. And not only are we here to serve them, but we have much to learn from them. Here, here. And we always have much to learn from you, Bob Cam. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Dave. Off we go. We got news and traffic and weather. Let's continue the focus on education. Dr. Jill Stearns, president of Cuesta College. Patrick Mullen, distinguished trustee. Up next. Stay with us. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.